Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are. This is Cindy Ashwine from Slingerlands, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show. I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today. Kyle Davis, Lewiston, Maine. This is Doug Doherty. I'm from Center Country, Norman, Oklahoma. Howdy, y'all. This is terrific Tanya Heathcote from the beautiful state of Tennessee wishing you better brain health. Hi, Manita Kinlan here wishing you a great day from Wind River, Wyoming. Hey, everybody. Green Mays, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is Shirley May, Cincinnati, Ohio. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. This is Cheryl from Hawaii. Hello, everybody. This is Agnes Talley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year. And finally, Aloha, Soul here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marsha's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. As we dive into our first meaty exercise in Chapter 1, we dive into our material world. Exercise 5 is all about getting in touch with what our material world means to us. What's our stuff doing when it comes to forming and shaping our sense of worth? Let's kick it off with Agnes. Agnes, what are you finding as you dive into our first exercise of exploring our world, starting a treasure hunt amongst all your treasures? That would be my piano. I've had that particular one since 2006. I was able to record the songs that I was playing, the music, and also sing and record that and then put it on CDs for my own enjoyment. But recently, I got to where my hands were bothering me so much I could not use the piano anymore. So I was trying to figure out ways that I could get around that. But when I went back to look at it again, it brought back the feelings that I had when I used to be able to play it, so I got out some of my CDs that I had recorded, and I was able to listen to them, and so that gave me a good feeling to hear those again. 
My most prized treasure is my PRS. It's called Paul Reed Smith. I call it PRS for short. It's a blue guitar. It has seagull bird inlays. And why it's the most prized possession to me is I started really focusing on the style of guitar that I play. And I've played about six or seven shows with my band with that guitar. And I'm still learning on that guitar different styles in that genre I play. That's why that blue PRS guitar is very special to me. And I want to keep it going as long as I can. One of my most prized possessions is just a simple coffee cup. It's a coffee cup with a picture of my grandson. Believe me, that coffee cup is used every single day because I left everything behind in Hawaii. I got this one day for Christmas about two years ago. It's got pictures of my grandson. On this cup, the pictures are, he's very young. And the feeling that it gives me every time I lift a cup up to take a sip of whatever I'm drinking, I want to hug my grandson. I just want to see him. I want to give his cheeks a little pinch. (laughs) I just dream of being able to visit the islands again and see my son and my daughter-in-law and all the family that I have there, especially to see my grandson and have him yell, Grandma! I do hear him on the phone. He recognizes my voice. It's that feeling that I have got to get back to see my grandson. He's my only grandchild, so that's very important to me, and I cannot wait until that day takes place. My aha moment was when I went through some of the stuff and I did find some things that belonged to my daughter and she passed away when she was five years old. So it brought back a lot of memories and they were all good ones. That was my most biggest aha moment because I thought I'd lost a lot of that stuff and there it was in the bottom of a box. So I was kind of surprised that I even had some of that stuff left after being through an earthquake and a tornado. (laughs) I have put all that away of hers now where I know where it is. It's safe now, so <laughs> I'm glad I found all that. I've got a cedar chest, and I put all the stuff in the cedar chest that belonged to her. Or it's all in there now. Most of us had good emotions. Anybody in here have an emotion that was not good with one of their treasures? I had some sad feelings when it came to my daughter and thinking back on some things, especially when I thought about her dying and stuff. But other than that, it was good memories. Can't help but think about some of the bad things either when something like that happens. Mostly it was good. I know where you're coming from, Shirley. I had a daughter that passed away at six months. It was a shock, and it really affected the whole family. That had never happened. That wasn't something that ever happened to us, right? Or to me. Your kids are supposed to bury you. You're not supposed to bury them. (laughs) Exactly. That's so true. Getting through it was a completely different story for me. And having to pack her things after she passed away, that was, oh my gosh, I barely got through that process. Right. I know where you're coming from. (laughs) Oh, that was so long ago. She would have been in her 30s today. Daughter would have been in her 50s today. Wow. 
How time flies. Kareem, what about you? Have you started teaching anybody how to play that guitar? I started teaching Chris and some people in my family in Egypt. I actually have a website I'm working on to start teaching people guitar, but I haven't taken that off yet. Nice. I have the ability to teach basics. So you taught yourself? I taught myself, and then I actually had some bad habits, so I went to a teacher to refine some of the bad habits I was doing, and I still catch myself doing them once in a while. It helps to have somebody to instruct you if you're having bad form or if you're doing something incorrectly. So it was a little bit of teaching, a little bit of watching people, a little bit of personal instruction. What surprises popped out as you listened to your material world? When I was going through my stuff, and that's everything in my closet, my musical instruments, my games, my books, some of my old CDs, I found that I had some VHS tapes. I know to you guys, they're not very old, but to maybe some teenagers or some younger people, those are ancient artifacts from another world. I also found some cassette tapes. And I know you guys, same thing, don't think that's maybe a big thing. But for me, those are very old now because you can't buy cassette tapes. It's hard to even find CDs or DVDs anymore. Those are some interesting things I found that I owned. In addition to that, when I was going through a lot of my books and a lot of my old reading material, I found The Hobbit, which I read when I was a young kid. And they've actually made it into a movie now, so I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm just saying I love all the old Hobbit and Lord of the Rings books. <laughs> For one New Year's Day, I did a Lord of the Rings marathon, and it was fabulous. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> if you have well, the extended versions, it is a marathon, even if you just watch one of them. <laughs> exactly. I'll toss this notion out there. Maybe we can have some ahas mixed in with some reflections on this notion. Imaging the tree or imaging any plant, frankly, most things that are in the ground have roots. Yeah? Yes. Are you beginning to see our first journey together? I'm asking you to look at your roots through your stuff. Does that make any sense? Yes. 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 What's the purpose of roots? It's to feed the plant or feed the tree, yeah? Yeah. Yes. 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 If the root isn't feeding you, what's it doing? Killing you. Choking you. Stopping you from achieving. Yep. Finding you, yeah? Isn't it keeping you stuck? Not not nourishing you. (laughs) Exactly. You've got to find another way to be nourished. You can always be nourished, even if you don't have roots. You can be nourished through the leaves. What happens to a root-bound plant or tree? It dies. It's stunted. It won't grow. If you ran across items in your physical world that helped you feel stuck, or it's making you feel stuck, 
What are you going to do with those items? Get rid of them. Purge time. About 13. Yard sale. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, might as well make some money, right? Exactly. Craigslist is a good one. (laughs) Cut it off if it's not used. Craigslist is shady sometimes. Uh, you got to be careful. That's true. So my goal as we get into looking at your stuff, refreshing your stuff, your stuff is a portal into your Achilles heel of worth decay. And what I mean by that is if something isn't repaired and it's dripping and it's rusting and it's causing you torment or stress because you know it needs to be repaired – While that item is stressing you, anything that's stressing you is a form of worth decay. True? True. Yes. What are some of the ah ahas coming up from this? My stuff owns me, and I don't own my stuff. Wow. The aha moment I had was I was with this woman that I was married to. It took until I took everything down, a remembrance of her, out of the room before I felt free again. So that's where I felt like I was trapped in a little box. Now it's my creation that I have. Everything is mine. Everything is something that reminds me of something pleasant. Tonya, you were sharing a really wonderful, powerful aha. Do you mind repeating? Well, the aha was the treasure that I discovered, the powerful feelings behind that treasure. While I was doing my treasure hunt, It's interesting because all along, I hadn't really considered it a treasure. It's a small collection. Many of you here aren't aware that in November of 2012, I lost my only daughter. She was 27 years old, and I suddenly lost her to a seizure-related phenomena. As I was doing the treasure hunt, I realized there were memories that came up and feelings that came up Because she and I were so close since she passed, I know that she's physically gone out of her earth suit, but she and I spend each day together. So I was able to heal from the grieving very well, but yet it didn't feel like such a treasure to look back on the things we have displayed on her shrine. And so when I was going back through this treasure hunt, it was really amazing, some of the powerful feelings and the memories from when she was a baby and and the memories of the day that she passed and the memory of and the different things that I have displayed in that shrine. Doug, you were saying how you couldn't even fathom losing one of your children. And I know that as Tonya was sharing her aha, I could feel your ripples of energy. How are you doing with that? Well, I said I couldn't imagine losing a child, and that's true, because I've never lost a child. But I have lost two brothers and a father all in the last, uh, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. So loss is not a stranger. Um, what, what I did get out of hearing Tanya's story, though, kind of going to be thinking this one over for a little while, is she was talking about how she has this mantle with the memories and how she goes back and relives those memories through the items on her mantle. And of course I'm sitting right now looking at a picture of my father on my desk 
And of course, I have pictures of my brothers and, and a lot of dear friends that I've lost recently, too. What I realized, though, is I do not have a connection like that. Wow. I don't make close connections in that way. That picture can sit on the desk. I may or may not even look at it for a week or a month. And I know that most people think of that as really harsh. Or what it is, I'm just disconnected from things like that. I've always been that way. I'm not sure what it means. Because I love my father with all my heart. He's my best friend. My brothers both died of hepatitis C, which I have been fighting myself for years now. So there's a lot of real emotional ties to this stuff, but I don't really tie emotionally to it very well. It's something I've struggled with before, wondering why I'm like that. And I don't know that it's even a bad thing. It just may be the way I'm built. It does make me think. I'm going to gently remind everybody, explore. Explore versus analyze. The analyzer is really good at causing Novocaine through analysis paralysis. The analyzer will bombard me and bombard me and bombard me into numbness because I'm in search of a why. I'm in search of an answer. Whereas my explorer will go, hmm, that's interesting. So Doug, I commend you. One of the things you wrote in your blog is you on this journey are going to challenge yourself to become more emotionally connected. Yeah? Yeah, because my analyzer has my initials. <laughs> okay. So whatever support you need from us, ask team seekers how we can support you becoming more emotionally connected in a healthy way. And this feeds right into what I'm picking up from Rick. I was teasing Rick in our breakout room. I said, Rick, when I've lived on the islands, we've never had hurricanes every bloody week. And Rick was sharing how he has been going through some just crazy stuff. And I teased him. I said, does it feel like he's doing a cleansing? And, well, one way that Gaia cleanses is winds and rains. So I think we've finally figured out why the Big Island is having all these hurricanes. <laughs> well, we're in for a big one this week. They're saying that we're supposed to get 16 inches overnight on Thursday night. So we'll see. That should be a cleanse, huh? Bang. <laughs> Consider these questions a Kickstarter. Consider these questions planting seeds that you can come back in and spend more time dancing with these questions in the water cooler. That post is out there. But we've started some good dialogue around this. So as this gestates, I know, Agnes, you were saying a lot of the stuff that you're hearing, you like to spend time chewing on it. And I commend everybody for taking time to chew on it a little bit more. And when things come up, either blog them or do that before and after challenge that we talked about, which if you have questions on that, let me know. Marsha, we got to move on to our second question. The second question is, while you were completing the first four steps, what surprises popped out at you as you listened to your material world? So part of this exercise, when I created it, 
it blew me away that as I sat in each room and I had tagged everything with just one word, I had post-it notes everywhere, and I sat in each room and I acted as if each of the post-it notes was a voice, a conversation. It was trying to get my attention. It was trying to speak to me. As I sat in the room and just listened, it really blew me away how much I had forgotten about my sense of worth and how it related to my physical world. What came up for you guys? Well, so pretty much the same thing came up for me. It really surprised me as I sat around and listened to the things, to my treasures. Some of them got my attention by telling me that they feel unnoticed. They feel that I consider them unworthy of noticing. And one in particular, every time I would pass by it in the hallway, it's a hand-painted painting that I did. It's my very first one quite a few years ago. Every time I would walk past it, it would kind of just whisper to me, worthy, worthy, you did it. Creation, you did it. And so I've had some fun with that this week. One of the things that I realized when I was doing this or the most important thing I realized, I guess, was as I tried to go through and do this exercise, I was doing my little slips of paper and putting my one or two or three words down for each thing. And I realized that this is all just stuff. Wow. I mean, I literally just looked around and said, none of this means anything to me. Wow. So very little. Since we've been talking tonight and I've been looking at some of the things that I overlooked the first time, I mean, I can see where if I take my time and really think about it, I can come up with some stuff big and deep. My wife and I even talked about it. We could go through this house and we could literally just empty out room after room after room and it would mean nothing to us. It's come to the point where it's more clutter than it is anything with meaning. I don't know what that says about us. <laughs> well, Doug, from a perspective of if something were to happen to your homestead, what I'm hearing you say is it would have not quite the impact that it would have on your standard person. Because, I mean, how many times do you witness a news event where they're videotaping someone after a tornado or a hurricane and they've lost everything and they're in shambles? Yeah, it would be a sad day. And yes, you would feel sad, but you're not going to get stuck in that because the stuff is gone. Yeah. Yeah, and I think overall, we really value each other and just blessed being alive and healthy. And I'm grateful for that. I'm glad I wasn't so attached to stuff. So what surprised you is how detached you feel towards most of your stuff. Yes, and again, that's an extension of what I was talking about earlier, how I think I have, I won't call it a detachment condition, (laughs) but... I do feel detached from a lot, and a lot of that may be my past because, and most people don't know this about me, or most of you guys don't anyway, I was a very hardcore alcoholic drug addict for most of my adult life. Ah, okay. I was very functional. I always worked, always had stuff. Probably a bad thing because it kept me in that much longer, but literally until about 10 years ago when my oldest brother died, I was in that life completely, so... 
course, being away from that, I got back with God and I got back everything right, and our lives are wonderful now. Because of that, I don't know that we've ever become very social, form deep connections with people like most people do, I think, because we were so used to hiding out and doing everything in dark. Ah, okay. So it's, there's a lot of stuff there. <laughs> I'm sure I could fill volumes. I thought about writing my memoir sometime just to go <laughs> through it all. So Team Seekers is really rattling some cages here. So all this stuff has been there for years, and the detachment from it maybe, it's, it's trying to break through the detachment a little, making me think right. about things. Good. Cindy, Carl, and Tanya are going to help wiggle. <laughs> and I appreciate the help. But you did say to reach out to my team members and ask for help. The thing is, I don't know what to ask for. So my only request there to the rest of the team is, if you see something in a blog post or if you hear something I say that you have life experience or something that, that may be helpful, please come to me rather than wait for me to ask because I don't know what to ask. Well, can I reframe? Sure. What I'm hearing you say, Doug, is that you're giving the team, you're giving team seekers permission to poke a little bit. <laughs> Dig right okay. in with a sledgehammer. That works good for me. <laughs> that was part of your original ground rule suggestion, and we modified it just a little bit for the global use, but what you're saying to team seekers is get out the shovels and start digging. <laughs> just the nature of the detachment in the first place kind of states that I had trouble digging into it myself. Okay. So, right. yeah, that would be wonderful to have somebody that cares enough to explore with me or force me to explore. Entice you, not force, entice. There you Cindy, go. is it fair to say that if I were to try and force you to do something, you would start putting up the defense shields? Is that a fair assessment? Yes, yes, it would. Cindy, if I enticed you, kind of like that bread baking in the background, you go, you're like, oh, God, I want some bread, right? Oh, yes. What are your surprises when it comes to feeling enticed? That might be a bit of an esoteric question. I'll throw that out to the study group, and then I'm going to pop into the next team. But when it comes to enticing you to either learn more, feel more, be more present, is part of this exercise surprising you that you're maybe a little more in the moment? Did that make sense? Yes. As I was going through my stuff, I was noticing I still have a lot more clutter and things that need to be cleaned out. I just haven't had the time to go through all my stuff. And it surprised me that I still have all this stuff that I really need to get rid of. I'm still waiting for my family to bring the file cabinet and computer desk so that the things that I do need to keep, I have a place for it to be more organized and get rid of all this other stuff. I'm waiting for a rainy day or a day that I have the time, the energy, and it's not so nice outside. A different season. I need to get all this stuff out and organized and get rid of it. Very good. Very good. Carl, I don't think we've heard from you. What have you to add? I'll try my best. What I have got out of this so far is I reanalyzed so many things in my life, made me stop and think about things that I would have wanted to just forget about. One of my really hard things to deal with is watching friends and relatives pass away. 
animals and what have you. That's the hardest thing I ever have to deal with because I get such an attachment to them. The reason why I need a computer is an attachment to people. I'm a socialite type person. I want to talk to people. I want to engage in conversations and make new memories instead of reliving what my bad memories were. We need to get over the bad things. Yes, they're there. We need to pull out all the treasures that are positive and use them to our advantage rather than our disadvantage. And that's where I go with a lot of people that I get around it seems like they have their agenda issues. And I don't like people with agenda issues because I never know where they're going with their agenda. Yeah. Well, Carl, you will love chapters 8, 9, and 10. <laughs> Carl, did you mention animals as things? Animals aren't things. They're not material things. They're not people, but, I mean, they're not Material thing, just a different kind of living being. I don't consider my animals things. Well, they're not things. I'm sorry. They're created beings, too. They are. They definitely are. When it comes to our material world, however, everything attached to other living creatures, whether they're two-legged, four-legged, winged, or finned, those connections, again, forms our sense of worth. Yeah? Okay, so it's just like with people, we consider people the same way then, okay. Yeah. The goal of this first foray into stuff is to begin to identify if something were to happen to X, what does that do to you? What does that do to your sense of worth? And by being more conscious of it, if it really impacts you, that's fine. Being more conscious of it is what will help when or if that happens. The goal here that I've noticed in our first foray into our sense of worth is I'd love you to be able to feel a strength and a power and a resiliency and a nurturing that whether that physical item is there or not, doesn't matter. Did that make any sense? Yes, it depends on what you're saying if it wasn't there. It depends on what the object is, though, whether it would matter or not. If something really significant, I'll give you an example. Once upon a time, I had a signet ring made that I was going to turn into a family heirloom. If there was anything that had any meaning to me on the physical world, it was that signet ring. I could lose literally anything else, and I wouldn't care. My house could burn down. My car could get stolen. I could be in the hospital in intensive care, but you cannot depart me from that signet ring. Well, one day, the signet ring decided to take a journey. I took it off. I obviously forgot where I put it. I tore the house apart. I tore my office apart. I scoured everything. I was in chaos. I was a mean person. I was beside myself. Everyone thought I had jumped off the ledge. And over the months that passed, I came to peace. You never found that, no? No one else was sharing my space. No one else was coming in to clean it or do anything. It's my space. I walked in the door, and that ring was sitting prominently right there on the fireplace mantle. I know I searched that mantle a hundred times, and it really taught me a lesson about what the physical world, how that could impact my sense of worth. And I learned a very pricey lesson from that. Okay, so brought up something very important, just examining into your own life. Do any of you have one thing that comes up that you just can't see yourself living without? 
probably would be the computer. And I'm sure Carl would agree, <laughs> just because I use it every day for so many things. But it's replaceable, so it's not the computer itself. It's just all the connections that are associated with it. Yeah, yeah, the connection. Like you said, you could replace it, but things cost money too, so you'd replace it. You'd have to pay for another one. So those are things to keep in mind, like your valuable resources as far as money as well. And I truly believe that our worth grows, our worthiness, our worth grows. When we get to that point where we can truly look at all the stuff around us and say with confidence, if it all went away today, I would be okay. That's when I feel that our worth will be at a high level. Just consider that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're reconvening. <laughs> hey, who stole my laugh? Wait a minute here. Chris. <laughs> Where's my oh, mute button? It's a good feeling. <laughs> Nobody can hold a candle to the stole laugh. Oh, so. please. I want you, everyone, to envision me raising my arm above my head, and the joke goes, it's too late to save the shoes. It's might as well save the watch because it's getting rather deep in here. <laughs> as always our time goes screaming past we've got just a few minutes what were your takeaway for today's call david my takeaway is that the front end of this program of pay me what i'm worth the front end of finding my worth is a thorough cleanse. <laughs> it's a thorough cleanse. And what I uncover might not smell real well. It might not feel real well sometimes. I might be confused and befuddled and a little overwhelmed by it at first. But the more I allow it just to move right along and I allow that to happen, the freer I'm going to feel the more empowered I'm going to be, and the more worth I'm going to experience in this moment. David, thank you for not using sound effects on that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got to be mindful of our editor. Oh, boy, poor Doug. Miss <laughs> Tony, I... My takeaway, this really impressed upon me, uh, and I want you all to think about this as we grow, as we uncover our own self-worth. When we get to the point where we look around at all of our stuff and realize that if it all went away, we would be okay, that's when our self-worth grows. Bingo. And that's what I feel. That's your big takeaway? Yes, that's my big takeaway. Yum! Yum! <laughs> that's a chewy one. That's a chewy one for everybody. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Tonya. Yes, yes. My takeaway from this is I never realized that materialistic items meant so much of my success journey. I never realized that. I look around myself, and all I can see is success because I've created that around myself. With my friends, through the computer, I've created that around myself so much that my friends are everything to me. I'm like a family. And that's what this whole Team Seekers, Entrepreneur Power Hour, 
our businesses that we're in together, they mean so much to me because they're all people-oriented. And I never had anybody that decided to be all in with the team until I met this team. And I believe that we can take this and go right over the top of others and be the best, work together as that team. Carl, I just wanted to give you a reflection of your aha and how you've come such a long way, Carl. So congratulations. You're doing a good job. Since this is really a journey that I'm on, and I'm basically rediscovering my life, for me, this exercise of my material world has really woken up that feeling of wanting to be alive and experience everything in my life. I don't care if it's good. I don't care if it's bad. I've gone through so much that I'm willing to embrace things that come my way. And it's okay to feel it, to think it, to just explore it. And that is my biggest aha, is that as I explored my material world, I realized, wow, I did have feelings that I did not even get in touch with. And now I'm getting in touch with them, and it's making me feel alive again. Awesome. Awesome. Wow, Marcia, that's pretty profound. Wow. Agnes, how about you? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of stuck. I don't know what I'm thinking right now. All right, well, let's give you some time to absorb it. Like Soul said, we all get to have some time to absorb this because it is a powerful chapter when we get in touch with our material things and realize what feelings we're going through. So we're going to just give you some time to absorb that, Agnes, and then you can, you can send me one of your powerful audios because I know that you've gone through a lot. And I bet that once you really start thinking about it, you're going to get in touch with those feelings, and you'll be able to give it to us. How about if we toss it next to Mr. Kareem? My takeaway for today was realizing that when I purchased material things at the specific time, I was so excited about having a material possession. And that ranges from everything to a computer, to a new TV, to a musical instrument, and everything in between that. And I found as over time, a lot of those things gained dust. The only material possessions that really hold any power for me are the ones that I got to spend with other people. To give you an example, my computer, I get to take this class, I got to meet my brother Chris, and I get to do a show with that, so it still resonates with me. My guitars, I play in a band, so it still resonates with me. But if I had material possessions that I didn't really share with anybody else, like a lot of my colognes, they just sit there and gain dust because I don't use them as much. So I think the power of material possessions is using them to benefit others and to share with others. That's my takeaway. Thank you, Kareem. Excellent. Excellent, exactly. How about you, Shirley? All right. My takeaway is, as I went through things, the things that weren't positive, there's the things that I got rid of, but the things that brought back good memories and that were positive things are the things that I've decided to keep. So that's getting rid of the bad clutter in my life and keeping the good clutter in my life. So that's the way I look at it, and I agree with 
Kareem about some of the things he said, like he uses his computer and he still uses his instruments, but other things that you have, like, let's say, hairspray or his cologne, or I only have one cologne, so I don't have a whole lot, but things that you don't use every day, if you're not going to use it every day, you really don't need it as well, look at it. <laughs> Unless it's medicine or something like that that you use once in a while for poison ivy or something like that. That's my takeaway. Okay, well, thank you so much. Let's go and let's pass this to Rick. Well, the takeaway I had today from class, I had quite a few. My main one was that everyone in the group is going through similar things and that we're just all one, really, that I really felt a sense of oneness with the group. Like I was saying, we're all going through the same thing, but in a different way, and we all have our different interpretation of what we're going through, but it's actually the same thing. It's like we're realizing the things in our lives that we don't need and that we have value for and that's bringing our self-worth up and I think it's really a wonderful thing and I appreciate everyone in the group for their patience and their diligence. Aloha and mahalo. Thank you, Rick. And now I would like to hear from your goddess wife, Cheryl. (laughs) She loves that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, my takeaway from class today was that I found it interesting that everybody was pretty much going through a cleanse, mostly because everybody's looking into their stuff and looking at everything and realizing what they have gone through with their articles and whatnot. But also it's more a vibrational type thing. Their vibrations are changing, their lives are changing, and maybe some of the people around them aren't, doing the same thing so they're not moving along with them so i think all of the people in our class i know that in our group that's what people were saying that they are feeling the change the clan it's great it's going to get us where we need to be awesome how about chris wow what a class this week august 12th 2015 the more i delve into these things the more i realize it is indeed a decluttering process of the mind body and soul i can't get into myself without looking deep and accepting that i may not like what i find in this process but the fact that i am embarking on this journey of self-discovery is for myself and that i don't have to judge myself or analyze myself so much I'm allowed to make mistakes and that there is only progress. Through channeling all the garbage out of me in my life, including people who are stagnant and don't have ambition. These people are not my friends because if they were, then why wouldn't they want to be on the same journey I'm on, or at least want to join me in the process? Well, I can honestly say that through this course, our show, and other things that I've been doing, I am finding out who my friends really are now, and I'm okay with losing some who are not. Yeah, it's a bit of a reality check, isn't it, Chris? That's right. I love you for it. You just want to help us. Nice wake-up call, Chris. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm still writing, too, so you expect to read a long blog from me this week. (laughs) Woohoo! Who's next? My takeaway on this is actually pretty much the opposite of what everybody else is talking about. Mine isn't so much a cleanse, because I don't have any problem cleansing. (laughs) again part of the detachment thing but mine is more of an absorption process I'm literally trying to connect and find the relevance in things rather than shedding baggage not sure which is easier (laughs) but it's an interesting journey no matter how I look at it that's all I have Mm. 
That is an interesting perspective. I'm just wondering, do you know if that is the explorer at work or if it's actually your analyzer? Have you thought about that? Have you explored that? Yes, actually, that's what's been coming up a lot is I think over time that my analyzer has been the one working out, developing muscle, and my explorer has been sitting in the background eating Cheetos on the couch. And I think awareness, I think I'm learning that though my mind is moving 100 miles an hour all the time, that I'm kind of flowing past life instead of experiencing it. I'm always looking for new experiences, but once I have them, I don't necessarily treasure them, if that means anything or if that makes sense. So I'm working now on grabbing onto more awareness and trying to explore deeper and find more satisfaction and reward in the things I'm exploring. Perfect. Everyone, once again, I bow in deep gratitude. Marsha. Oh, are we done already? We're done already. I want to thank everybody for coming to class and really, really sharing some great input. That's fantastic. I come here and I'm sometimes, okay, what are we going to talk about? But you guys do a great job of actually sharing your life, sharing your journey. So I do appreciate it. So aloha. I love you guys. Aloha. I love you too, guys. Aloha. All right. Take care. Love you all. Love you too. We rock. We rock. We rock. Team Seekers. Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha.